Say, I want to talk with you today about um, when anxiety attacks. How many know that anxiety attacks? Have you ever experienced it? Now, I'm, I'm a clinician, I'm a licensed clinician, but I'm not going to talk with you about anything to do with clinical understanding of anxiety. Nothing. There is those, and of course, we have, uh, we have anxiety issues, and people have those, and there's you know, a lot of things for that when it becomes severe, medication and different things. I'm not going to talk with you about any of that. I want to talk with you about a, a biblical daily prescription for anxiety. And you got to follow me here this morning because I'm going to switch and go and change the gears and get it on and then back up a little bit. I'm going to give you a biblical daily prescription for anxiety. Uh, here's the thing. The only way it works, this is heavy. Okay, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to let you know right now, this is very, very heavy. You might not get this. But the only way it works is if you do it. No. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> You got to do it. If you don't do it, you ain't going to get it. It's as simple as that. So I want you to follow me here. Uh, we, we're going to start out because uh, we're going to read just two scriptures. I'm not going to belabor this because it's pretty simple. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It says this. Rejoice in the Lord. What does that mean? Yeah, another heavy thing. What does it mean? In, there it is. It's not enough that he says it one time, so he says it, and he says, and again, I'm going to say it to you, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I mean, he's really up. He's really excited. He's vibrant. You can almost see it on his face. He's saying, rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to say it again. You've got to rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, uh, but he's, uh, in anything, but in every situation, every situation. Would you say every situation with me? Every situation means what? There you go, okay? I'm not a professor, but I'm just kind of pretending I'm one. <laughs> Emily and the rest of them are professors. They, they do what they do. I'm just a simple preacher. In every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests known unto God, and then the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension is going to guard, say that word with me, this is important now. I don't, I don't want this to be like Sesame Street, but I'm telling you, I just want to say a couple words. Guard, okay? Uh, understand, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, you know, this sounds like an encouraging portion of Scripture, doesn't it? Does it sound like the guy's up? I mean, he's not down. He doesn't sound depressed, does he? Does he necessarily sound anxious? No, right? So he's, he's all in it, you know? He's just all gathered up and frothed up and lathered up. Here's the thing about it, though. This scripture is written, of course, by the Apostle Paul in Philippians. And it's written when most people would be caving with extreme anxiety, filled with anxiety, fear, depression, and wouldn't even know what to do. 
but he's all juiced up. Why? It's the Apostle Paul who was writing this scripture from a Roman prison. Now, I don't know what you know about a Roman prison, but uh, I'm not, not going to show the picture right now. Hold on one second. But um, they're pretty rough. I mean, really rough. How many have ever been to Rome? You've been to Rome? Woo! And not Rome, New York. I'm talking. <laughs> oh, okay. You've been to, <laughs> so you've been to Rome, Italy. I have, I have family over there in the Tuscan area. My, my family's been, I've never been, but I, I, I want to go. We were hoping to go. I was hoping and praying to go maybe last year, but I had a, a little disagreement between me and something in my chest, and so we got that taken care of. And we're going to be going hopefully at some point. He's in this Roman prison, and what's interesting is that uh, Paul has always wanted to preach in Rome. He wanted to preach in Rome because Rome uh, was, the, was the strategic place in the world, the epicenter of what was happening. Anything that was happening, any place, anywhere, started out in Rome. Rome was the city, and he desired to preach in Rome more than anything else, and he never did. He never, so that was a big discouragement for him, I would imagine, but he's writing this encouraging scripture here. Instead of preaching the gospel, Paul finds himself in this prison, this nasty, worthless, scummy prison, and he ends up writing four books. Now, I'm going to pretend I'm a prophet again. <laughs> you know one of them is Philippians because we, uh, we just said it. How many know the other three books that Paul wrote when he was in a Roman prison? I'm going to say you can, one at a time. Just give me one of them. Galatians? No. Come on, give me three books, you, you theological. What? Philemon, there's one. Yep. Ephesians and collisions. Uh, Colossians, right, exactly, right. That's right. So from this horrible prison that Paul is in, he's writing this encouraging scripture. He's blowing my mind as a result of it. I just got to read it again because rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, he's talking about gentleness in the middle of a scummy prison. Let it be evident to all the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything and everything. Uh, in every situation, prayer, petition, thanksgiving, present your request unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds. Christ Jesus. So he, it's just, it's, it's, so, let me show you what a prison kind of looks like in, in Rome, all right? There's a, this is a real prison, and it is in Rome. Uh, they've sanitized it quite a bit, obviously, for visitors that come through. Uh, this is one of the prisons. Uh, I'll tell you in a moment to switch. Uh, it's a Roman prison. It's an absolute, uh, not now, but it was absolutely filthy. It's all made of uh, stone. There's nothing comfortable about it. You don't have any bed. You don't have any of that kind of stuff at all. You've got rock to sleep on. And you better like it. It was disease-ridden. If you didn't die in prison of whatever you were thrown in prison for, you're going to die of disease for the most part. It was poor ventilation, if you had any ventilation at all. That's underground, so all prisons were mostly underground. You seldom saw light. Sometimes you did, but you didn't see it for very long. There was no cells. So it was open area, so they threw anybody and everybody, men, women, everybody, were all in the same heap. 
was a mess in many ways. Totally dark, and the people of that day, you can get the second uh, picture if you would, please, there, Gabe. And uh, the people of that day would call it, they had a word for it, but they basically said prisons were stench, pain, and misery. Stench, pain, and misery. Now that's what, now not, think about that when you're complaining about your dorm, all right? You just think about that. I'll tell you what, man, why don't you just wash your socks every once in a while? It's just terrible. I can't take it anymore. All teenagers have stinking feet, and so do girls. Girls are supposed to be so pristine in their dorms. We don't have any smell besides cologne, perfume, and the things that we have. It just lights on us. We just kind of levitate and float, and we're very, very nice. There's nothing about us that's foul in any kind of way. Raise your hands, girls, if you want to be honest and say, we got our issues. There's a couple. There's one, two, two. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We got our issues. <laughs> I raised a daughter. <clears throat> so from this rotten environment, you got to catch it now. Paul's he's so encouraged. Now, he's a human being. He's just like you and me. He's nobody else. He's just like you. He has blood just like us. He hurts just like us. He has pain just like us. He has confusion just like us. He has issues. He's asking God to remove. Remove this thing from me, God. I've asked you three times. He's just like us. And he's writing this encouraging aspect of, uh, of, in this particular passage. And um, it's this tremendous, encouraging, spiritual, uplifting passage that we, doesn't even make any sense. Because he's in one of those things. And that's nice looking. Horrible. People right now throughout the world are going through that and worse. They're being persecuted. Uh, Brother Matt can talk about that and others have been missionaries in these countries. As we speak and as we're here and as we're safe, there's people right now either dying or their families are being persecuted. They're being persecuted for their faith in Christ and they wish they probably had a prison like that. In some cases, they're tortured in horrible ways. Yet Paul has this scripture that just goes, wow! in your face in the midst of all of this. How did he do it? I'm going to tell you. It's a little combination here, okay? So just bear with me. And it's two words, actually. It's going to, it's going to help you get through this. How did he do this? I believe that Paul was able to tap into this thing that I call an anti-anxiety realm of power and sustainability. I should have put it up there, and I didn't. This anti-anxiety realm of power and sustainability. He's sustained through this mess that he's living in. He's, he's maintained because of his focus on two particular things. And I'm going to share with those in a minute. And as a result of, of concentrating on those two things I'm going to share with you, he was able to avoid the anxiety. He was able to avoid the, the, uh, the depression in this whole environment that he was living in. So in anything that you're going through, I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. Whatever you're going through, whatever difficulty you're going through, if it's emotional, if it's physical, physiological, if it's parental, if it's family-oriented, I don't care what, financial, I'm telling you, these two words that I'm going to share with you in just a moment will be able to put you in this realm of anti-anxiety, this whole powerful sustainability aspect of life. Maybe not every time, but it does something to you in your spirit and in your soul and in your cognitive behavior. It switches it. 
So he says, rejoice in the Lord. Now, just do me a favor. Do your neighbor a favor. I want you to, man, you got to do it the right way. I want you to turn to the person next to you, please. I know, I don't like it when I'm sitting there too and people tell me what to do. But just turn to them and go, rejoice in the Lord. Put your face in it now. Rejoice in the Lord. Now say this, and again I say, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice in the Lord. That's what Paul was saying. And it didn't make any sense. In other words, it doesn't make any difference what you're going through. It doesn't make any difference with how, how, what's going on in your life. It doesn't make any difference if you're healthy or if you're not healthy, whether you're in a good place, whether you're in a bad place, whether the economy is up, whether the economy is down. No matter what you're going through, if it's, if it's, if it's to a place where you find you just, oh, there it is, Gabe. You pulled it up. Praise God. I'm sorry. That was my ADHD. Oh, there goes a duck. <laughs> you did it. Gabe's kind of a magician in a, in a Christian way. <clears throat> doesn't make any difference what you're going through, what you're going through right now, or what, what is happening in you right now. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He's making a statement here, and he's doing it for a purpose because he's bringing you into this, 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 this anti-anxiety realm of power and also sustainability. I'm able to sustain myself when everything around me is going crazy. And everyone around me is going nuts. And sometimes I think I'm going crazy. I'm not sure. He can sustain me through the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of Jesus Christ. It really does work. There was a, there was a study done by the Mayo Clinic. And they found out that expressing joyfulness, just being happy and rejoicing, so to speak, is associated with a, with a host of mental health and physical benefits. Just a few of them are uh, being thankful can, can improve the way you sleep. How many have a little trouble at times sleeping? That's quite a few of you. How many stay up too late? Uh-huh. That's your issue. You still got to get up and go to class. Hey, that's, that's your college uh, preference. You can stay up as late as you want. Oh, how late you stay up? I don't know. All I know is I got to go to class in 20 minutes. I must have stayed up late, you know. It improves your sleep. Joyfulness actually improves your sleep. It improves your mood. It has benefits on the, your, your immunity system. And it also decreases depression and it decreases anxiety. Really, really does. It was a, it was a, it was a, 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 a Mayo Clinic and also Johns Hopkins did a, a clinic as well on this. A clinical. So it has a redeeming factor to it. It says, do not be anxious but in everything, I'm going to pause. So how many of you have ever been anxious in anything? Okay. <laughs> uh, how, many, how many like that state of anxiety? You don't think it's a rush or something like that? It's just, you know, it's pretty, pretty bad, right? You don't like that. Anxiety is not good. It, it, it doesn't feel good. But I don't care who you are. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how many scriptures you've memorized or quoted. It doesn't make any difference. Sometimes you just worry and get anxious. And it doesn't make you unspiritual. It makes you human. 
right? Just makes you human. When somebody says, don't be anxious. Or don't confess that. You know, or you know, just don't worry about it. Just get up, man. It's all right. You're going to be okay. You know, everything. It's, it's always hearts and flowers and bluebirds and skittles in the air. There's, everything is, whoa, whoa. Everything's not, wow. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't live that life all the time. With me, it's garlic in the air. I can sometimes see that. It's just kind of floating in the air. You know what I'm talking about, Pastor? Huh? Come on. They got a garlic snapper over there. That's good. Sometimes you just worry. Go ahead and dare to turn the TV on or get on your device and just look at the whatever news source you have. Look at what's going on. You don't want to get a little anxious. You just look at that stuff. You know, the, the enemy will hop all over you. Anxiety comes in a lot of different forms. It comes in the form of generalized anxiety, which is a clinical term. You, you maybe you're born with anxiety. Your mother's got anxiety. Your father's got anxiety. Your Aunt Lucy's got anxiety. Your grandmother's got anxiety. You happen to have anxiety as well. You have this generalized anxiety that, that is real, and it happens to you. And, uh, and then, and then, uh, then there's also situational anxiety. I really don't have anxiety. Everything's pretty good, but I just had an accident. My dog just got hit by a car. The IRS is on my back. I didn't do well on the test. Didn't go my way. And then my mom and dad was supposed to send me some money, and it didn't come. I'm a little anxious. Something situational happened to make you anxious. And then there's panic. Panic, boom, just comes like that out of nowhere. Anxiety can come and hit you in the back of the head just like that, out of nowhere. You don't even know where it comes from. It just came from a place, boom, and hit you in the back of the head. And next thing you know, you're a little panicky. Why are you panicky? You say the same thing. I really don't know. I mean, maybe if I sit and think about it, I might know, but I don't want to sit and think about it because it's going to make me more panicky. So I don't know, but it just smacks you. And other time you get anxious, you say, I was really doing good. It was a fine day. Things are going, and bam, it hits me. Like, bam, just like that. There is uh, various forms of phobia. I got a problem flying, not me, but you might not like to fly. You might not like storms, like dogs who hop in. I, my my, my uh, brother-in-law had a, had a dog that, a little thing, just a little thing. <laughs> it, was, it was a woman's dog, okay, so it was just a little thing. Wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a pit bull, nothing like that. Not that I like pit bulls. The little thing, when it was stormed, it would hop into the tub. It could get in, but it could not get out. And so it would be scratching on the side trying to get out. And they were gone maybe two, three hours. And the little dog just, you think, you think, if I hop in here and I get in, that's okay. But i got to realize I can't get out. So... Uh, Spiders, arachnophobia. How many just don't like them? I never did, by the way. Uh, Jackson, who worked here, didn't like spiders, and I was going to flip him out, and I never got to it. Snakes. Politicians. These, all of these things can and they do affect your lives. That's why I call this message uh, when anxiety attacks. Now, 
Philippians chapter 4, we just read that. But look at here. It says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything through prayer and thanksgiving or praise and worship. That thanksgiving literally means, if you look at it, it's a form of worship. It's a form of praise. So I'm going to call this prayer and praise. There's your two words. Now hold tight. Buckle up. I'm going to share something with you. Prayer and praise. Now I'm not going to be real lengthy with this. You're going to have to catch it. And then the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension. Guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let me give you another example. Here's Paul and Silas. This makes no sense. I don't mean to be disrespectful to God because I love him so much, but to me, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, I have issues. Sometimes God doesn't make sense to me. I know he's right and I'm wrong, <laughs> but he just doesn't make sense. And here's Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, and it says, At about midnight, Paul and Silas are in Philippi. Paul and Silas are, are praying and singing. They're in prison! And they're singing and they're praising to God. And the other prisoners are listening. And suddenly it says there was, a, there was this violent earthquake and the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And once, at once, uh, and the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains fell off of them. Why? They were praying and they were praising. Now hold on, okay? Just I got a couple minutes here. I want you to catch this. They were praying and they were praising. Now, you pray and you praise, but we often will praise and pray and and worship the Lord when it's conducive in a setting, which is awesome. It's it's wonderful, but we're in a a setting, and we're praising, and we're worshiping the Lord because the whole thing is conducive for that, but often when we are in a place where we're anxious or, or something's going wrong in our lives, we don't necessarily do that. We worry. What's going to happen? How can I work it out? How can I figure this thing out? Oh, God, you got to help me. Oh, God. When you got to stop for a moment and go, what kind of God do I serve? I mean, he either is who he is or I'm out to lunch. Or i got to go to another kind of school. And so they're praising. And as a result of that, just as an analogy, the, the, the chains come off and boom, they're, they're set free. Now, you might think, well, that was a very biblical thing. And they were very highly spiritual people. And they floated wherever they went, and the angels were with them, and they lifted them from Philippi to Corinth and all the rest of the place. They were just the same kind of people that we were. They had issues. How many here do not have issues? Don't you dare raise your hand. When they should have been anxious, they're praying and they're worshiping. And they're, as a result, tapping into that whole anti-anxious realm of power and sustainability. I'm being sustained through the storm. I'm making it. Why? Because I've got something in me that's making that happen. i got nothing in me. But I serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundant beyond all that I could possibly ask or think. If I do it. So when we pray and we praise, God gives us peace. That's what the scripture says. And then the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He gives us peace. That's what the scripture says. So prayer and praise precedes peace. Because prayer and praise guards our hearts in Christ Jesus. Now, hold on. Here's where it's going to get a little good if you you can catch it. Got to catch my drift here. This is guarding us. It guards our hearts 
in Christ Jesus. Remember what it says. And that the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension or understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So when you take a look at that, you're being guarded by something. I say you're being guarded by prayer and praise because you're doing something that really doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't be doing it. You should be worrying right now. You should be trying to figure a way out of this. You should be able to somehow be, you're going, okay, I don't know what's going on, God, but I'm going to cry out now. God, you got to help me. God, you got to pull me out. I get it. I don't you got to stop and go, Lord, wait a minute. I got to remember that I got something in me. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus. I am draped in the blood of the Lamb. Wait a minute. I'm not the tail here. I'm the head. I'm not going to get myself all lathered up and worry about it. I got to praise and I got to thank the Lord. And great things tend to happen. It might not happen in that very moment, but you just, what you're doing is you're, you're investing in something and God's going to give you a return. Amen. He's going to make sure it happens. So it guards itself. Your heart is the scripture, the, the Greek, and that is just basically soul and emotions. Some of you are just very emotional. Some of you aren't very emotional. A firecracker could go off, and some people just go, it goes, bam. Another firecracker goes off, and the person is just hanging on the oscillating fan, just going around. That's just how they're made. We're all made different, you know? The, the sensibility, the thought pattern, that's the heart. The mind is also the disposition. It's also the thinking capacity. It's our mental perception of things. So what you feel when you're anxious is panic. But what you want is peace. You feel panic and anxiety, but what you want is peace. That's what we want. So look. Prayer and praise, I believe, is the pathway from panic or anxiety to peace. Glory to God. It is. It's our pathway out. Got to remember what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah said what? The joy what? Of the Lord is it's your strength. These are the things you got to do. So prayer and praise guards our hearts. Let me give you an example. I, was, uh, I remember when I was uh, a young, I was a young kid, and we were, I was raised in Baltimore, and uh, right outside the city, and I make a long story short, I used to, you know, I had a little brother, I was in my, my older brother than me, my younger brother than my sister, um, and I used to, uh, we used to wrestle and stuff, and I used to beat him up, and uh, he would, because uh, he was a whiner, and I would beat him up, and we were always beating somebody up, if you lived in Baltimore, you got to beat people up, at least I did when I, when I got saved, then you know, you, you know, you're not beating people up, you got to make sure you can beat them up, and they don't beat you up, <clears throat> so I got, he was, I get, I met Barry and I would be fighting, and I'd knock in, so year after year after year, and then one time, we were sitting there wrestling in the, in the, in the yard, and uh, I was on him, and he just turned around, and he just pushed me, and I went, yeah, man, you got to be kidding me, so we were putting up our dukes, and we were fighting, and uh, I was, uh, I was getting to this because I thought, you're going down. You're going down, little boy. This is going to be something else. And I went like this. I said, you're going to. And he popped me right in my nose. And he put me down. Two things happened. I thought, you've never done that before. <laughs> Would you do that again? <laughs> and, and the second part was, man, you know, this kid just clipped me. And he said to me later, he said, 
goes, we talked about it some years later because he remembers everything switched. We were growing up is what we were doing. He said, you know why I hit you in the nose? Because you dropped your guard. You dropped your guard and I popped you right in the nose. It became very easy at that point because you weren't being conscious of the things that could help you. Prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. These two magnificent things that can help us to be able to find our way out of anxiety in life. When anxiety attacks you, do not drop your guard. But I know it's not working out. Do not drop your guard. Don't whine about it. You stand up, you pray, you praise. You, you move in there. God wants to see your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him because he that comes to God must first know that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What guards you? Prayer and praise. Both of those when you're up against the enemy. The enemy will attack you. He's going to attack you every single day of your life. How about that for encouragement? But you got the edge over him because I'm giving you two words that will get you through if you do not drop your guard. Peter understood this. Peter, in 1 Peter 5, he says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And Peter was really good at casting his whole net. He cast his whole net, and he cast it as far as he could. He said, cast your anxiety. He was a fisherman. He knew what it meant to cast. Prayer, praise, I'm casting, I'm casting, God. It doesn't look good, but you know what? Father, you do. Hallelujah. God, I'm petitioning you. I'm thanking you. I'm praising you. I'm worshiping you. And mighty and powerful things happen when you begin to do that. I know I'm getting a little excited because it's just the way I am. Your worry and your fears and your burdens and your anxiety, you got to cast them. Why? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus cares for you very, very much. He literally died for you. Because you matter to him more than anything in this whole globe or universe. Why? Because he loves you with a love that caused him to die for you. And loves you endlessly with a love that can only be spelled in the word agape. The enemy is always swinging at you. And you can't drop your guard. Because if you drop your guard, you're, you're out of it. Now, let me just ask you real quick. I've got just a couple minutes. How many know what I'm talking about here? Huh? How many have ever, how many have ever went, oh, I've, I've been at it with the enemy, and I did drop my guard a couple times? Uh-huh. He, he will. I'm talking to some people also who struggle with anxiety. I'm trying to get you to do We all do to some extent. But those of you who struggle, I'm not, it's the reason I'm not doing something clinical and talking about, you know, uh, antidepressants or Selexas or uh, Lexapros or anything like that. I'm talking about generic power of the Holy Spirit of God and the person of Jesus that can get you over the hump if you don't drop your guard. Don't drop a prayer and praise and thanksgiving. Whatever you're facing, I'm telling you, those two words, that's the two words I'm giving you, is going to get you through to a place of that anti-anxious area and throw you into the power and sustainability to go through whatever you're going through in the moment. And I mean anything that you're going through. Is there anything that God can't do? What is the one thing that God cannot do? 
lie. God cannot lie because his word is true. So you can rely on this. I'm telling you, when you begin to do this, it's going to change your life forever. The devil is a liar. Would you say that with me? Now just say it like he really is. The devil is a what? He's a liar, you know what? But you have kingdom weapons. You have, you have prayer and you have praise. If he starts lying to you, then you just put him right up and go, I ain't dropping my guard. Hallelujah. God, I'm giving you this petition. I'm thanking you, Lord, that this thing's going to come out okay. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. And right now, I'm just going to worship you, Lord, and exalt you. Mighty and powerful things happen when you begin to do that because it doesn't make any sense. But in the interim, God's going to move in a way that will shatter the earth. These are the things we stand on. Have I had to do it? Yes, I have. Have my wife had to do it? Yes, we have. Anybody that's our age, we've had to do it several times. He's not going to give up on you, the enemy. He's going to start swinging. But don't you worry about it. You might get clipped every once in a while. That's okay. Well, you know, you're a human being. But you know your power. It's praise and power. you got the word of God that protects you in every case. I'm closing this. And as you do this, something's going to happen to you. As you do this, you're going to get stronger. As you do this, you're going to get tougher. Even if that is, put a little layer of hide on you, and you're a little thicker now instead of, you know, I said whining a couple times. We all whine at some particular point. I may get in trouble for this, you know, but we all whine a little bit. I don't know. Is God going to see me through? I mean, last week he didn't do it, but I'm telling you, maybe this week he'll do it. Stop whining. You're a child of the king. You're a powerful man and woman of God. We're all going to whine a little bit. I did too. We're, we're human. But the fact is, you just stand up and you say, praise and power. I'm just, I'm telling you what, if I'm going down, enemy, you're going down with me. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to, these guys get, you know, chains fell off. Paul's in a prison. He's praying and praying. And all of a sudden, great and wondrous things. He's writing gospels. We're reading, we're reading right now. I mean, the effects of this is mighty. Tougher, you're going to be wiser as a result of it. You're going to be better equipped for the battle that you're going to be going through without your life. You get married, you're going to be going through battles. Except you guys, you don't go through any battles. <laughs> you, you get married, you're going to go through battles. The devil's going to do everything he can to try to disrupt everything in your life. Because if he can destroy the marriage, if he can destroy the nuclear family, he's got all the kids, he's got all everything else. But you stand and you stand, you stand firm and you resist him. You see, you might take a lot of people out, but you're not going to take me out. Not that I am all of that, and not that I have all that power, but I know him who does. And greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. And so you're not going to take me out. I have some bad days, but you're not going to do it. You're going to be better in terms of more faith-filled. You're going to be confident. You're going to be mentally and spiritually fit. Basically, you are going to win. You're going to get some W's. You're not going to get a bunch of L's. And I want some wins. Come on, stand to your feet. I want some W's now in my life. You don't have to raise your hand. I don't want you to, actually. You know who you are. If you go on, you know, I, got, I tell you what, I got a couple things that I need to believe God for right now. I got a couple things the enemy's trying to breathe down my neck about right now. It could be anything. And I tell you what, what we're going to do is we're just going to stop for just a moment because we have we have, well, it's 12 o'clock. We're going to take 60 seconds, and we're going to do this. Just lift your hands and begin to thank the Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Come on, let him know it. 
Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you. Now, whatever that need is, just think it in your mind and say it to him in your mind. Come on, Lord, there it is. That's the prayer. That's what we're believing you for. That's the thing. Oh, God, we're trusting you. We're looking to you. We're excited about it, God. You are almighty God, and there's nothing that you can't do. God, we're going to enter into that realm of anti-anxiety, and God, we're going to become sustainable through your power. Oh, Lord, these things we're thanking you for. We're glorifying your name for. We're laughing about it because the joy of the Lord is our strength. The devil is a liar, and the cross of Jesus Christ will get us through every single time. Now, Lord, take these, your young men and women. Bless them. God, give them a great day. Let them be soaked in your presence. And, Lord, let them know that they have way more W's than they're ever going to have L's. In Jesus' name, you all said, amen. Bless you.